Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Wagenti, and this is Who Gets It Naturally. Music was composed and performed by V. Caritis. I am not selling anything, diagnosing anything, offering any cures, or replacing your doctor. I'm just sharing my passion for natural products. If you're pregnant, please consult your doctor before trying anything new. Everyone is different, so you may need to tweak the recipes a bit to work for you. Always start with the least amount of essential oils. You can always add, you can't take away. And remember, these remedies don't last forever. You need to reapply as needed. If you're allergic to any of the ingredients I use, please substitute for something you're not allergic to. Just because it's natural doesn't mean you can't be allergic to it. Okay, for this episode, I'm going to try something a little different. My sister went for her annual checkup. First, a little backstory. Last year, her cholesterol numbers were high, around 300. Her doctor said they prefer to use medication to bring the numbers down when they get too high. My sister went along with it, but the medication didn't quite agree with her. The doctor changed the prescription, and my sister also changed her diet and exercise routine. Her numbers came down, so she got off the meds. This time, her numbers were like 230, and her doctor said she wanted her back on the cholesterol medication. My sister was like, why? I'm nowhere near 300. Her doctor said the criteria changed. My sister wasn't having any of it. So she called me to see if there was something natural to lower her cholesterol. A few days later, my aunt, who, like my mom, dad, and other aunts and uncles, think I'm practicing witchcraft and won't try anything their doctor doesn't prescribe, called and said she developed a dry patch on her forehead and asked what she can do for it. I was floored and flattered. I love my aunt dearly, but I never expected her to ask me for advice on anything healthy. She was shocked when she noticed it worked within two weeks. So I thought, let's try something different. Instead of talking about an herb or essential oil and what it's good for, let's talk about an issue and the various things to try. Okay, let's start with my aunt and her dry skin. I told her to use Clary Sage, and since she's on a fixed income, I was trying to keep the price down as much as possible, so I told her to use either coconut oil or almond oil. She said, oh, can I use my Aragon oil? Shocked she actually had some. I said, absolutely. Aragon and jojoba are the best carrier oils for the skin. I suggested three to five drops of the essential oil to about a tablespoon of carrier oil. She massaged some into the dry spot twice a day. In less than two weeks, she noticed it was gone. She was so excited. A few days later, several family members, including her, got together for my oldest sister's birthday. One of my cousins had fallen on a bunch of rocks and messed up her face kind of bad. At the time, I told her to use witch hazel because it would disinfect all the open parts, help reduce and or eliminate scarring, moisturize her skin, and maybe smooth out some of the wrinkles in the process. It healed quickly and looks great, but she mentioned that she still has red spots here and there. My aunt told her to ask me. <laughs> I was floored. Okay, back to dry patches of skin. Now, it all depends on where the dry patch is and what causes it. A number of things can cause dry patches of skin. Excessively hot showers, hot or cold dry weather, soaps, chemicals and shampoo, conditioner, or body wash, etc. It can also be an allergic reaction, psoriasis, or a form of dermatitis. About 3% of the U.S. population is affected by psoriasis. 
What is psoriasis? According to the National Psoriasis Foundation, found at https colon slash slash www.psoriasis.org. Psoriasis is P-S-O-R-I-A-S-I-S dot O-R-G slash about hyphen psoriasis slash. Quote, psoriasis is an immune-mediated disease, a disease with an unclear cause that is characterized by inflammation caused by dysfunction of the immune system that causes inflammation in the body. There may be visible signs of inflammation, such as raised plaques. Plaques may look different for different skin types and scales on the skin. This occurs because the overactive immune system speeds up skin cell growth. Normal skin cells completely grow and shed or fall off in a month. With psoriasis, skin cells do this in only three or four days. Instead of shedding, the skin cells pile up on the surface of the skin. Some people report that psoriasis plaques itch, burn, and sting. Plaques and scales may appear on any part of the body, although they are commonly found on the elbows, knees, and scalp. Inflammation caused by psoriasis can impact other organs and tissues in the body. People with psoriasis may also experience other health conditions. One in three people with psoriasis may also develop psoriatic arthritis. Signs of PSA include swelling, stiffness and pain in the joints and areas surrounding the joints. PSA often goes undiagnosed, particularly in its milder forms. However, it's important to treat PSA early on to help avoid permanent joint damage. Symptoms often start between ages 15 and 25, but can start at any age. Men, women, and children of all skin colors can get psoriasis. Psoriasis can appear anywhere on the body, even on the eyelids, ears, lips, skin folds, hands, feet, and nails. Plaques can be a few small patches or can affect large areas. It's possible to have psoriasis plaques and scales in more than one location on the body at a time. There are five types of psoriasis. It's possible to have more than one type of psoriasis at one time and more than one type in a lifetime. Treatments may vary depending on the type and location of the psoriasis. End quote. The five types of psoriasis are guttate psoriasis, pustular psoriasis, plaque psoriasis, inverse psoriasis, and erythrodermic psoriasis. Besides sounding gross, each one looks more painful than the next. The site also states that, quote, while scientists do not know what exactly causes psoriasis, we do know that the immune system and genetics play major roles in its development. One thing we do know, psoriasis is not contagious. You cannot catch psoriasis from another person. Usually, something triggers psoriasis, causing symptoms to appear or worsen. Triggers vary from person to person, end quote. The site has lots of information, including a free guide to help you track flares. Do you have eczema? What causes eczema? According to the National Eczema Association, found at https colon slash slash nationaleczema.org 
slash eczema slash quote. Eczema is the name for a group of inflammatory skin conditions that cause itchiness, dry skin, rashes, scaly patches, blisters, and skin infections. There are seven different types of eczema. Atopic dermatitis, contact dermatitis, dyshydrotic eczema, numular eczema, seborrheic dermatitis, and stasis dermatitis. For lighter skin, eczema can present as red inflamed skin. For darker skin tones, eczema can present as brown, purple, gray, or ashen. Itchy skin is the most common symptom of eczema. More than 31 million Americans have some form of eczema. Eczema can begin during childhood, adolescence, or adulthood, and it can range from mild to severe. Newborn babies can experience eczema within the first weeks and months after birth. Young children with eczema can experience patches of skin that are extremely dry, itchy skin that can lead to blisters and skin infections due to excessive scratching. Adults can also experience eczema, and adult eczema is most commonly developed when someone is in their 20s or over the age of 50. End quote. This website has extensive information and is set up very well. It breaks everything down for you and includes some alternative therapies to relieve symptoms like acupuncture and cryotherapy. I've had acupuncture, and honestly, I love it. You do need to make sure that the practitioner knows what they're doing. I had it done on my forehead, I think once, twice tops. I didn't have a headache for like eight years. Even though I went to a few doctors who offered cryotherapy, I've never tried it. I could not bring myself to be exposed to that much cold. My teeth chatter when it hits 60 degrees. I do know some people who have tried it and they think it's great. Okay, back to the National Eczema Foundation site. On the common trigger patient fact sheet presented, they list lanolin as a possible trigger. Lanolin is one of my triggers. It's important to note that lanolin is a major ingredient in most commercially sold body lotions. It's also in all lip products, including Chapstick and Burt's Bees. So if you do have eczema and you're putting lotion on the dry patches, you can actually be making it worse. Everybody's different. You need to figure out what your triggers are. Eczema is not contagious, but it can be genetic. If you do have eczema, then you have to ask yourself these questions. Is it mild or severe? What areas of my body are affected? What's triggering the flare-ups? Eczema is most common on the hands, feet, face, elbows, and knees, but can show up just about anywhere. This is the first time I've seen contact dermatitis categorized as eczema, so apparently I've got several types of eczema. I think I've mentioned that I've been diagnosed with slight eczema. It's on my elbows. Well, part of it is. If you bring your palm to your shoulder and look down at your elbow, the area just before the elbow and the back of the actual elbow joint that you can't see unless you look in the mirror, those two spots on both arms are the only spots affected. Well, my left arm is worse than my right arm. My elbows always look dirty and my left elbow gets a bit dry and scaly at times. Those areas look the best when I keep them moisturized with body butter made of cocoa butter, peppermint, and frankincense. I recently made a batch with clary sage instead of the peppermint and frankincense. So far, so good. 
The dryness went away and the areas are starting to lighten up a bit. I've noticed that the colder weather brings out the dryness and scaliness more than other times of the year and the areas look darkest when ragweed pollen is out of control. Would Aragon oil and Clary Sage essential oil work for me? Probably. Have I tried it yet? No, but it's an option if the body butter stops working. The trick is figuring out what's causing the dry skin. Excessive hand washing, dehydration, poor nutrition, and lotions with alcohol can all dry out skin. If it's because the water is too hot when you shower, use cooler water. If the air is too dry, get a humidifier. Did you just start using a new shampoo, conditioner, hair gel, face cream, or did your favorite product change formulas? If so, one or more of the ingredients can be triggering a reaction. If it's psoriasis, what are your triggers? The National Psoriasis Foundation site also says, quote, causes. While scientists do not know what exactly causes psoriasis, we do know the immune system and genetics play key roles. The genetics of psoriasis are complex, and it is possible to develop psoriasis even if you have no family history of the disease. A triggering event may cause a change in the immune system, resulting in the onset of psoriasis symptoms. Common triggers for psoriasis include stress, illness, particularly strep infections, injury to the skin, and certain medications. Triggers. Psoriasis triggers vary from person to person. What may worsen your psoriasis might not have any impact on someone else. Common psoriasis triggers include stress. Stress is one of the most common psoriasis triggers. At the same time, a psoriasis flare can cause stress. This may seem like an endless loop. However, relaxation techniques and stress management may help prevent stress from impacting psoriasis. Injury to skin. Psoriasis can appear in areas of the skin that have been injured or harmed. This is a result of the Kebner phenomenon, where scratches, sunburns, bug bites, and vaccinations can all trigger psoriasis flares. Illness. Anything that can affect the immune system can trigger psoriasis. That's why you may experience a flare following an ear infection, bronchitis, tonsillitis, or respiratory infection. There is a connection between streptococcus infection, strep throat, and gutate psoriasis as it often triggers the first onset of gutate psoriasis in children. It is possible to have strep throat without showing symptoms. If you have had strep throat in the past, talk with your healthcare provider about getting a strep throat test if your psoriasis flares. Weather. The weather may trigger a flare. Cold weather can often cause psoriasis flares due to less sunlight and humidity, heated and drier indoor air, as well as stress and illness. Warm weather can often improve psoriasis because of natural sunlight and higher humidity. Other possible triggers. Although it is less common, some people with psoriasis suspect that allergies, certain foods, alcohol, or environmental factors trigger their psoriasis. A great way to learn about your unique set of triggers is to track them over time. Keeping records of your symptoms and triggers can help you anticipate and treat your flares. End quote. The National Eczema Association states that, quote, there is no main cause of eczema. In fact, there are seven types of eczema and each has at least one cause, if not more. Some of the most common causes are a family history of eczema, 
being exposed to certain environmental triggers and stress. Overactive immune system. Atopic dermatitis, the most common type of eczema, results from an overactive immune system that causes the skin barrier to become dry and itchy. This condition can occur on any part of the body and has varied symptoms. Many factors can contribute to eczema, including an interaction between your environment and your genes. When an irritant or an allergen from outside or inside the body switches on the immune system, it produces inflammation, or a flare-up, on the surface of the skin. This inflammation causes the symptoms common to most types of eczema. Creases of the skin, especially the flexural areas behind the knees, elbows, lower legs, and other areas of skin that rub against each other can lead to irritation. Genetics. There's also a potential genetic component to eczema that includes a protein called filigrin that helps maintain moisture in your skin. A filigrin deficiency can lead to drier, itchier skin. If you have family members with atopic dermatitis and certain other types of eczema, you may be at an increased risk. Environment. Along with having a family history of eczema, many common household items are also potential environmental irritants and can cause allergic reactions leading to an eczema flare. Common triggers of eczema may include extended exposure to dry air, extreme heat or cold, some types of soap, shampoos that cause dander, bubble bath products, body wash, and facial cleansers, laundry detergents and fabric softeners with chemical additives, certain fabrics like wool or polyester in clothing and sheets, surface cleaners and disinfectants, natural liquids like the juice from fruit, vegetables, and meats, fragrance and candles, metals, especially nickel, in jewelry or utensils, formaldehyde, which is found in household disinfectants, some vaccines, glues, and adhesives, isothiazolinone, an antibacterial found in personal care products like baby wipes, coca metapropyl betaine, which is used to thicken shampoos and lotions, paraphenylene diamine, which is used in leather dyes and temporary tattoos, dust mites, and living in dirty spaces. Stress. Emotional stress can also trigger an eczema flare-up, but it's not exactly known why. Some people's eczema symptoms and flare-ups get worse when they're feeling stressed. Others may become stressed just knowing they have eczema, and this can make their skin flare up. End quote. Okay, so what if you do have some sort of psoriasis or eczema? First, and probably the hardest, you need to figure out what your triggers are. Keep a journal, not only of what may be triggering a flare, but also of what is helping or not helping. Knowing what doesn't work is sometimes more important than knowing what does work. We can go through a process of elimination. Stress is a beast. It can cause all sorts of problems, and you pretty much know when you're stressed out. Find ways to de-stress. Meditate, do yoga or tai chi, take boxing lessons, go to a shooting range. You don't need to own a gun. They'll rent you one. Inhale some lavender. This is always a good place to start because stress can cause so many different bad things. Loss of sleep. Make your hair fall out, drain your energy, make your nails thin, give you hives, make you nauseous. I can go on. De-stressing is probably half the battle. Jojoba and Aragon carrier oils are the closest things to actual oils in the skin. Using either one of them on their own can help. 
Add an essential oil or two and draw on your way to clearer, smoother skin and all the other benefits the essential oils offer. Which essential oils? Again, it depends on your triggers. Is it your immune system? Try an essential oil that's a strong antiviral, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiseptic, antimicrobial, and antioxidant, like frankincense, myrrh, or clary sage. The fact that they are good for the skin, too, is a major plus. Maybe add in lavender, peppermint, or patchouli to calm the mind and lower the stress a little. If the trigger is a chemical and a product you're using, switch products. Dry air the culprit. Get a humidifier to add some moisture in the air. In the winter, I keep the thermostat at about 68 degrees. It takes the chill out of the air, but doesn't dry out the entire apartment. I can't sleep if it's too hot. If it gets too cold, I add another blanket or another layer of clothes. Eliminate the triggers as much as possible to minimize a flare-up. Okay, let's do a 180. Let's talk about cholesterol. What is it? It's produced by your liver to help build cells and make vitamin D and hormones. There are two types of cholesterol. Low-density lipoprotein, or LDL, is the bad cholesterol, and high-density lipoprotein, or HDL, is the good cholesterol. LDL is bad because it can build up in your arteries and block blood flow, causing heart attacks and arterial sclerosis. HDL is good because it carries cholesterol through the body to build new cells and produce vitamin D and hormones needed for your body to function properly. And it picks up excess LDL and brings it back to the liver to be broken down and eliminated. So, how to keep the bad cholesterol low and the good cholesterol high? First, what causes LDL or bad cholesterol to be high and HDL or good cholesterol to be low? Well, believe it or not, chronic kidney disease, diabetes, HIV AIDS, hypothyroidism, and lupus can cause unhealthy cholesterol levels. And some medications like to help acne, cancer, high blood pressure, HIV AIDS, irregular heart rhythms, and those needed for an organ transplant can also contribute to unhealthy cholesterol levels. Genetics, a diet high in saturated and trans fats, obesity, smoking, alcohol, lack of exercise, and your age can all contribute to high LDL levels. As you age, your liver loses its ability to remove LDL. Exercise can actually raise your HDL levels. So can eating better. Soluble fiber helps lower LDL and is found in oats, oat bran, barley, and other whole grains such as beans, bananas, strawberries, eggplant, okra, apples, grapes, citrus fruits, and fiber supplements. Nuts, specifically almonds, walnuts, and hazelnuts, flax seeds, chia seeds, avocados, soy, and fatty fish can also help lower LDL and raise HDL. Holy basil or Tulsi tea and ginger tea naturally help lower cholesterol. Studies have shown that terpenoid compounds such as geraniol and citrol decrease cholesterol levels. They prevent the production of mevalonic acid, one step in the production of cholesterol. Many pharmaceutical drugs try to duplicate their properties. Hmm, geraniol and citrol sound kind of familiar, don't they? Here's where you get to take control of your health. You have choices, but it's still up to you to find the right combination. Lemongrass, basil, 
ginger, rosemary, clary sage, eucalyptus, cinnamon, bergamot, clove, lavender, peppermint, and oregano essential oils and extra virgin olive oil all help. Are you starting to see patterns? Like most of these are in the mint family. You can put one or two drops of therapeutic grade lemongrass essential oil in your water every morning. Add therapeutic grade cinnamon essential oil or ground cinnamon to your coffee. Diffuse lavender and or lemongrass by your bed to help you sleep or eucalyptus or peppermint on your desk at work to help give you energy. Keep track of what you try and whether or not it works. Two drops didn't do it for you? Try three and see what happens. Five drops was overpowering? Drop it down to two or three. Don't forget to factor in any other issues you may have, other symptoms, allergies to the essential oils, personal preference. If you don't like the scent, it's not going to help. It can actually cause unneeded stress. There's plenty of options. You just need to find the right combination for you. If you need help, look into the memberships I offer on Buy Me a Coffee. As always, if you have a question or suggestions, please feel free to email me at vobygypsy at usa.com. You can follow me on X and Instagram at vobygypsy or LinkedIn. Search either Chris Wagenti, Who Gets It Naturally, or Voiceovers by Gypsy. Please download this episode and make Who Gets It Naturally a favorite on your preferred channel so you don't miss an episode. You can buy me a coffee or get a membership at https colon slash slash www.buymeacoffee.com slash VO by Gypsy 4. Thanks for your support and for listening. The next episode will be published on Friday, December 1st.